0: Welcome to the Making Waves podcast with Ripple Fest. My name is Dave Rotman, and I'm here with Carla Lems and John Charda. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Steve. Good to give us a overview of what's happening with the carbon capture pipeline.
1: Sure. Well, first of all, just explain a little bit of what the carbon capture pipeline is and why they say it is needed. My introduction to this began when I received a letter from Summit Carbon Solutions, which is one of the two pipelines that are coming through the state of South Dakota. The other is Navigator Heartland Greenway. Actually, six different states are involved, each pipeline going through five states, respectively. Basically, what we are being told is we need to reduce the carbon footprint. So this is coming down from the World Economic Forum, from the UN-17 Sustainable Development Goals, the Paris Climate Agreement, those kinds of things. And so when I first read the letter, I was kind of puzzled and, you know, didn't really think too much about it. Now, personally, we worked with several different pipelines in the past, and, you know, we all we all understand pipeline usage and, and what it means for the, the consumer, and it's very important. Um, but this was a different cat. And so I I started looking at it more, and it was interesting to me to see that we were basically going to start bowing down to the Green New Deal. In order to to reduce the carbon footprint to zero, net zero by 2050, which is one of the goals of the World Economic Forum, we are being told that Summit Carbon Solutions and Navigator Heartland Greenway need to put in these carbon capture pipelines. And they're going to capture the carbon from the atmosphere at the ethanol plants, and they're going to put it into pipe that would go into the ground. They're going to put it in a state called supercritical, and it will be piped. One of the lines will go to North Dakota and they will sequester this underground, and the other will go to Illinois, and that also will be sequestered. And so they're gonna get federal tax dollars or credits to do this through the tax code, it's called 45Q. And so there's a lot of money to be made by these projects. But basically the whole idea is that, you know, in order for ethanol in our state to stay relevant and to be able to, to sell their fuel to states like California and Oregon and even Canada, they're going to have to meet certain emission standards. And so that's the whole idea behind the carbon capture. From there, we start asking other questions and who's, who's gonna benefit from this? This is a private company at the heart of it really in South Dakota is we're looking at, they're going to be u- able to use eminent domain.
0: So the money to pay for this pipeline, the reason it's existing is because of government funding or government tax initiative. Yes. This wouldn't exist without that. I not do selling? not believe so. They're no. not selling a commodity right. okay. Okay. Yep. John, would there be a, a viable ethanol industry if this pipeline was not built? Oh, I think so. The m- the reason for this project is to get the federal tax
2: dollars so the pipeline companies need a pawn to to get those dollars so they're using ethanol as their pawn to say that we ethanol plants need to do this to stay viable ethanol is a great product it takes corn it it takes the starch from the corn turns into energies for your cars it takes the fiber from the corn turns into livestock feed it's just a wonderful thing i'm a big supporter of when i use the distiller's grain i you know, I use ethanol in my cars. I sell my corn to ethanol plants. I'm a owner, part owner of an ethanol plant. I think it's a wonderful product. There's no reason that we need to change this. That the actual the actual ethanol from the ethanol plants that is captured or not is the exact same. There's no difference in the ethanol that comes out of it. I think people get confused that a low carbon ethanol is actually a different product. It's the same product. It's just you feel better about buying it because it makes less carbon in there, so they're saying there's
0: room for ethanol you know, for the use of ethanol for aviation. I understand. So nobody who's opposed to this pipeline is against ethanol.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know about nobody, but for the most part, this isn't a
2: for ethanol against ethanol thing. It's, it's an eminent domain thing. Like we are against eminent domain. You know, if, if someone really wants to have this pipeline in their land, we're not opposing that, mm-hmm. you know. So I, I, I wouldn't tie the viability of ethanol and this pipeline. I am for ethanol. I'm against eminent domain. The issues here is really
0: the taking of people's land via eminent. Right, private property rights. You're both at a Minnehaha County Commission meeting this morning. How would you characterize the folks who are interested in this issue, who had shown up? Well,
1: you know, I've been to several of these meetings, and when you look around, and actually the question has actually been asked, it wasn't asked this morning, but in other meetings, how many of you here are for this project? And very, very few hands go up. And you, you ask landowners and farmers, People that maybe even are invested in ethanol companies. How many of you are against this project? And almost every hand in the room goes up. I would say ninety-five percent. Most of the people in the room this morning, again, are are against the project because they feel that um, there's their land usage. You know, they're going to be limited in their own land usage for the people that's going to be coming by. Um, their property values may be affected by it their hopes and dreams and maybe their plans of building another house on their property or putting up another um, livestock feeding facility or whatever it might be. And finally, they are concerned with their safety because this is a hazardous material being piped through at a PSI of like 2,200. It's, it's very highly pressurized and it displaces oxygen. So if there is a leak, there is a very great concern that this, this, this could kill you.
0: California has recently voted to get rid of gas cars. So, wouldn't the ethanol that is sold to California for their cars simply that whole market just go away? So, the green ethanol that they're planning on selling, the whole market's going to go away. So, this pipeline would become obsolescent within twenty years.
1: Right? Yeah, California has said by twenty thirty five, they do not want to be selling any any other vehicles other than battery powered. Yeah, or electric vehicles. It, it makes no sense. We're jumping through all these hoops to align with California politics um, in order to crop up the ethanol industry So they, because otherwise they say they're going to go broke, which they're, they'll be irrelevant by 2035 if this is really the case.
2: Yeah, I would say the market that we're trying to appease by having this carbon pipeline is going away anyway, so it doesn't make sense to be going after that market. And also, to getting back to the people at the courthouse this morning, I would say a good number of them, don't oppose pipelines in general because a lot of pipelines give you something in return: energy, f- anhydrous fertilizer, fuel for your cars. You get something back by having that pipe for the common good, having that pipeline go through. Whereas something that's sold to the consumer, sold consumers, consumers want it, they use it. Whereas what's going through here does not benefit the people that
0: it's. It's literally going to be buried. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: Yep. Literally buried.
0: So. And the only reason that it's going to be buried is because of government mandates. Yep. Yep. So I would yep, there's a little give and take. You're
2: willing to let a pipeline go through if it's going to benefit you, benefit the community, you know, benefit the
0: economy, whereas this doesn't do any of that. So would you say a majority of landowners are opposed to this, or is that your impression? Is, are there landowners who are in favor of the uh, pipeline?
1: I think there are some people that have signed up with some of the, with the pipeline companies and said, yes, we'll sign up an easement. And that's fine. That's been my, my mantra. If you want to say through this whole thing is if you, we should have personal choice. And if you want to be a part of the project and you want to sign up with it, then you should have the choice to do so. But you should also have the choice to say no. No, thank you. I will pass.
2: I would say there are landowners that would like carbon storage to get lower at ethanol plants, I mean, farmers. But this is such a new technology. Like, they're producing ways now that you can take the carbon on, on the site of the ethanol plant, turn it into e-methanol, which is another form of fuel. You can get, like, 6 gallons of that for every 10 gallons of ethanol produced. So there's new technologies being produced that we can use the carbon on site if we really want to get rid of the carbon without having to big pipelines. So we don't need to rush into this. There's other ways to have a beneficial product coming out instead of just burying it. There are some landowners that were pressured into signing, and they thought, we well, I better take this money now. They're going to take my land anyway. Some, you know, all their widows or whatever. They don't know what they're doing, you know, to say they're for it.
0: You know, for it, but they're willing to accept it. How can people get involved with this?
1: Well, there's several ways that they can uh, get involved. Obviously you can, can be involved at your local level. This is going through a lot of township boards and even county commissions. Reach out to them and, and voice your opinion to them of where you stand on this. You know, This is going through several counties in, in South Dakota specifically. We as legislators had tried to address it in this session, but we're gonna be coming back again next year. And if you have any ideas of how you think this should be addressed in the legislature, you know, reach out to us also call the governor's office. She says that, you know, this is right now, this is under the PUC. They will be doing hearings on this. Navigators will be this summer. Summits will be in September. But again, we've heard the governor stand up for landowner rates in the past. We really need her voice on this. She's able to to speak to so many people that we won't be able to reach. You know, reach out to her and say, hey, we need your voice on landowner rates again. Also, sdpropertyrights.com. If you want to go to that website, and there is a um, petition on there that you can sign, just check that out, and it has a lot more information about this.
0: Any final thoughts? Um. I would
2: like to say that I mean we're we're fighting this because we don't want eminent domain to be used by private companies. So we're fighting this specific issue as well. But if this goes through, other companies will just will say, "Hey, we can use the eminent domain to push our stuff too." So we want to stop this not only for the fact of eminent domain for private companies, but also to stop the future of using eminent domain. domain. This would affect
0: everyone, even people living in town.
2: Oh yes. Yeah, yeah, someone can say, oh, I can use your property better than you can. I will use eminent domain to take your house or or whatever. So, yeah, we need to stop the use of eminent domain by private companies.
1: Yeah, and I would just add, for instance, J.P. Morgan has come out and said, hey, we're going to invest $1 trillion in these kind of technologies and invest in these. And they also have come out and said, we think that we should be able to use eminent domain for solar and wind. So, you know, this is going to be a domino effect and we're gonna see property rights erode, and I would just say property rights are a foundational element of the founding of our nation. That is why a lot of the people came to our country so that they could own property because property rights are tied with freedom. And so, again, are we gonna follow the ideals of the Grand New Deal and the World Economic Forum, or are we gonna follow the ideals of our South Dakota Constitution?
0: Property rights help the common man, the ordinary person, and uh, without property rights and, and the assurance that you can you do with it, your property what you want, other people, wealthier people who can hire battalions of lawyers, they can come after what is yours.
1: Absolutely. This is everybody's issue. Yeah. To me, this is one of the key issues um, that we had in the legislative session this, this last year, and it's going to be another huge issue going forward.
0: Thank you for coming. Thank you. Thank you, dude.